Hey, welcome to the show, big brother. Well, thank you. Good to see you. This Good is going to be bro. an awesome show. I, I have, I have uh, so many fun things to talk about tonight. It, most people that have been watching the show kind of know the normal themes of the show can get pretty dark and sometimes depressing. And we talk about a lot of things that um, typically people don't like talking about. But tonight, yeah. I want to spend a lot of time on music because that's... So you do. And um, yeah. I'm I'm just, I know the answers to a lot of the questions I'm going to ask, but for the people that don't know a lot about you, um, you are my older brother. I'm 55, so how old are you? 61. Just turned 61 in, end of January. And then Scott is what, age-wise? Is he 59? 50, well, 58? 50, yeah. Okay, He's and then Dan is one year younger than me. So Dan turns 54 in June, I think, so... Yeah. Yeah. So we we grew up, you know, four of us. I, I probably explains why mom and dad uh, uh, probably well, are a little. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, having having four of us, I'm surprised they aren't in the loony bin. Um, yeah, well, yeah, especially mom. But I mean, if there's a reason that we are we all are pranksters with each other, then you would look no further than our dad. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would yeah. agree with that. Um, I just remember all we did growing up, you know, we slept with one eye open, you know, we just scared each other constantly. You know, anyone watching this that has oh, siblings, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we never really had any issues with the, th the th you know, I had three brothers, so there's four of us total, but it's like, but we just constantly were always on each other, you know, constant pranks. And we had, we grew up in Iowa city on a street called uh, Downey drive. And, you know, it was yeah. just, here comes the Johnston boys. And then you had Chris Dorman, who um, I've yeah. hooked up with the Dormans later on here recently and, and got to yeah. catch up with them and they're doing well. But that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So uh, let's talk a little bit about back in Iowa City days, because I remember, you know, you got into music at what what age did you first get into playing guitar? Well, I mean. You know, I remember the people next door, the, the, they had an older kid over there that had a guitar, electric guitar, and he was playing Light My Fire by the Doors, you know, I remember thinking, oh, yeah. wow, you know, and he handed me the guitar and I played it backwards, you know, the first time I ever picked it up, you know, and he was laughing, he goes, that's backwards, and so, you know, that was my first, you know, but I guess I, I would have been, I guess about 12, because, um, that's when you know i got the first guitar and there was a band that used to practice uh, about a block over from us they used to practice downstairs and you could hear them and so i would follow the music over there and i could look in a little window well thing and i could see them down there playing songs you know and, and i would listen to them you know and uh so then you know and i have to say that you know mom and dad were just amazingly encouraging Mm -hmm. of it you know i mean gosh you know i mean i remember well you know of course uh mom's mom nita lorenzen you know was a brilliant pianist and vocalist oh yeah and, yep. you know, amazing and mom and dad are both very musical and uh we you know we used to sit around and i'd play i'd plug in my amp back on downey drive and pl plug the amp in and a microphone into the amp and dad would have a trumpet out and he'd be sitting in the living room we'd have a songbook out, you know, and I would play the chords and he would sing or play the trumpet and, you know, had the, you know, in the living room down there and just, you know, a lot of nights doing that. And, uh, 
we had the piano there. Mom, you know, played piano and stuff. So, and mom used to, gosh, when I first, the first time I got in a band, she, uh, you know, would help us load all our stuff into the station hmm. wagon. Like a roadie, uh, huh? Guitars, amps, and mom helping <laughs> us load all the stuff in in the station wagon. Then we'd go off to Central High School or Horace Mann Elementary or something, and we'd go up and they'd set aside a 45 minutes and we'd set up in the little auditorium or the cafeteria and they'd troop all the kids in. they'd all sit on the floor and we'd play, you know, cream and Hendrix and the earliest <laughs> vision, the earliest vision I have of you is it with desert water. Yeah. That was the band. Um, yeah. And I remember, uh, the, uh, ZZ top song tush. Yeah. And for some reason, that's like the first song I remember. Now, what year was that in? Well, you know, uh, I, I would have been probably ninth grade because I was at Southeast and all those other guys were at Central High or Junior High. And so we used to get together and practice uh, at Rich Patterson's house. He had a, they had a music studio out and back and we would practice back there. And then we'd set up little concerts at all the schools and yeah. we'd go around and play. I remember the first thing we ever played was a, like a ladies club. Some kind of ladies thing, ladies club, and we played "Let's Spend the Night Together" by the Rolling Stones, and people were there was hushed comments and you know much con consternation. <laughs> we were, yeah. but you know we didn't know. We didn't even, we just liked the song and the chords were cool. We didn't think about the implications of the lyrics. You know, I remember, I remember in uh, God, what class was like third grade because we moved to Solon in fifth grade. And I had to bring I was a, in tenth, yeah. Okay. And I had to bring a song in to music class or something. And I came to you as, you know, older brother to, you know, um you know, get some guidance and some leadership, you know, kind of you were kind of my role model, Steve, which obviously in hindsight that was a horrible decision. <laughs> and um and uh so I I take the 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 music in. It was a it was a, a an LP, you know, whatever they call those things now, the you know, the actual disc. <laughs> I yeah. don't even yeah. the record album. And uh yeah. it's it's a song by Queen, you know, so I'm thinking no big deal, no big deal. And she gets up there and turns it in, plays it in. And here's what you picked for me to play in front of my oh, third no, my, like my guess. third Yeah, take a guess. Fat bottom girls. Close. Tie your mother down. Oh god. Even yeah, worse. exactly. Exactly. That was That's the song, song you picked. I know it's a great song, but not third grade music so. class. <laughs> my my teacher's like playing it going, uh, turns it over. Tie. Okay, that's, uh, how about we play uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or something? You know, it's like, Steve, you know, Tie Your Mother Down by Queen in third grade. You had some evil design there. Um, no. So so something about music, I mean, you, you are, obviously I'm, I'm biased, um, but... I've heard the word savant used many times with, with you and your music talents. I mean, you, you just have an unbelievable ear, I guess, for, for guitar. Um, some people have it for, you know, drumming. Some people have it for sure. singing. Um, I have no musical ear other than I love, I love heavy metal. I mean, you can see, you know, we're going to talk about some different bands tonight, but uh, I, I grew up just loving heavy metal. I'll, I'll talk about me yeah. in a little bit, but... So when you got into music and stuff, I, I'm just kind of curious on, on what was the big, a lot of people get into it and then they kind of move on to other things, but you just all, I remember coming home from basketball because that was my love and you'd be down in the, in your room, just playing on your amp by yourself. I and mean, what was it about music that just yeah. touched your soul, I guess? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, 
I always, you know, I mean, mom used to play classical music for us when we were little a lot. So, you know, when you listen to a lot of stuff like that, you're, you know, at that age, your brain is taking that stuff in, you know, and so, uh, and then, you know, of course, you know, we were always listening, you know, how dad is, you know, and mm -hmm. mom, I mean, they listen to music all the time. And, uh, so then, but, and I picked it up real easily. So I think that was a lot of it too. I mean, as soon as I, I, I played trumpet first, actually. I, I remember, out. I think I remember that because so did Dan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you know, that was okay, but I didn't, I didn't like the, the songs that, you know, like I didn't go home and listen to the March in B flat or anything. Well, like that. and I would assume most teenage, teenage girls in the seventies weren't going to watch trumpet players. Right. I mean, just right. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, no. it's common sense, so, I would think. You know, I did that and it was fine. Uh, but I, then as soon as I picked up the guitar, it just came very easy. You know, I, I picked it up real quick and real easy. And when you, anytime that happens, it's always going to be more fun. You know, when it's... So Desert Water, was was that considered your first band then? Mm-hmm, yeah. We, what, uh, what, were, what were the other bands of memory that you can think of? Well, I mean, there was, there was nobody at Southeast Junior High that really was doing that. And so I heard about the other guys. So we got together and did that. And then, you know, of course... Then it then it kind of turned into when we moved out to Solon. That's when I met Tim Looney, Scott Werner, mm -hmm. and we started Voyager. Doing yeah, that. I remember Voyager. Ace yep. first, the three piece, of course, because that was when Rush was out. And of course, we were yeah you know, beyond obsessed with Rush, so we were a three piece. Then uh, we did Voyager, you know, with Ron Dearborn and Jim yeah, Beards and Darwin Hartle from Mount I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, good band, you know. And a lot of great songs. We did Tie Your Mother Down. You had some good originals. You had some good originals, too. Uh -huh. We did. Yeah, I we do. had one called Lost and Lonely that got played on KRNA a fair amount. Yep. Uh, I have a recording, actually. The only recording I have of that song is off KRNA. And at the end of the song, it hits this big note. And uh, the guy goes, Voyager. And the other DJ goes, that was intense. I like that. <laughs> you know. It was, you know Cool. I may have to get a copy of it. Maybe we can put it on the show here at the end or something. Yeah. Uh, the sound quality, it's old, you know, reel to reel. Not, not oh, yeah. And then we did another one called The Final Battle. It was on the, what was called First Flight. It was an album of Iowa bands that was done up in Cedar Rapids. I remember that. Yeah. And it had about, uh, Craig Erickson was on there, who's a pretty prominent blues player, killer blues player from Cedar Rapids. And he's kind of, you know, national now, I think. Um, and I can't remember who else, but you know, that was pretty cool. We got on that album, uh, got to do that. And uh, the, you know, most of that, we were still just kind of learning how to do, you know, do things and how to perform and how to, you know, uh, how to kind of put it all together and you know it, the hardest thing is finding people you can get along with yeah yeah you know really the especially at that end. the life expectancy of a band is probably pretty short um, yeah especially at that age yeah so yeah. I, I remember a lot when you toured with scott um i thought well, you yeah guys... that's another that's another thing scott and i used to play a lot 
in uh, grade school, you know, we, we used to do a lot in the mute school musicals and just uh, assemblies and stuff. We do. I thought out. you guys would be the next Van Halen, man. You guys, yeah. it was well, awesome. We could, have found a, a, we could have found a front man. We probably. Well, could. I, I, you know, I'm, no, I'm not you, bad, Steve. You were just too busy. Yeah. And I, plus I suck, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, was, no, I always, Scott. cause <coughs> Scott was, Scott Scott's was damn good. Oh, I know. I, you two together girl. were just ridiculous. Um, yep. what was the name of the band you guys played around with that? I think it was a female. That was singer. Abraham Rush. Yeah. That yep. was Abraham Rush. Yeah. That's after I'd moved to Kentucky to Louisville, Kentucky. Played with a band there called Midnight Special, which was the first actual real band I ever played in. Yeah. In fact, it was so funny. This is how full of yourself you are when you're 21 years old. I told people all over Iowa City that I had that gig before I even went to Louisville and auditioned. You know, I, I just... Huh. It, I, I, I was I, I remember there was a band from Louisville that had come through and they were playing at Maxwell's, which was an old club, rock club in Iowa City. Yeah. I told they were from Louisville and I said, Yeah, I'm gonna be playing guitar with Midnight Special. And they go, Oh yeah, we heard they were looking for a guitar player and having these big auditions. Congratulations. <laughs> no <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> and and I literally moved the when I moved from mom and dad's house. I packed up all my stuff and moved to Louisville just to audition for that band. And you made, and you got it. Not even knowing if I would get it or not. I just figured I would. I mean, you know, that's why I say when you're 21, it's like, well, okay. of course I'll go down there and get the audition and then I'll get an apartment. <laughs> and so yeah. I got down there and they were, turns out I hadn't done my planning because they were leaving for Florida for two weeks the next day. Hmm. And I so had just went. moved down there. And so they said, well, I had to make you a deal. If you want to drive our truck and road crew for us for two weeks, when you get back, you can be in the auditions. We're having like a big mass audition with 50 guys at the wow. big club there. So I went to Louisville, drove the truck halfway to Florida and back and uh, just stood on the side and tuned guitars basically for the band in yeah. the process which i learned the whole set which was not fair at all because when i if i get to stand there for two weeks I'm, it's over know, yeah it's over so we got back <laughs> we got back and they had this big audition and of course i was up there tuning all the guitars and these guys that were auditioning were coming up hey can you tune my guitar tune my guitar <laughs> make it snappy and I was like, oh, Little did they know. Little but then did they, they know. go to the audition and they go, we might as well just knock Steve out first. And so I went out and played about half the set and they took a break. And they went in the back and they came out and they said, thank you. <laughs> and somebody stole my jacket on the way out. My Jeez. members only jacket or uh, one of those uh, 80s <laughs> oh, jackets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Members yeah. only. I had one too. Yep. Yeah, right. Somebody yeah. stole it. One of the guitar players stole it. Yeah. Nobody got to audition. So you got it right there on the spot. Yeah. It sounds, like that's, it sounds like that scene in Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg when he comes in and um, obviously that's that's uh, Tim Ripper Owens. That's who he's kind of playing in the movie because of Judas Priest. Yeah. I, sure. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, it's uh, great. Oh, it's awesome. And then when he comes in and sings that song and they're all sitting back there and he just oh, yeah. kills it. First, he's nervous, you know, right? And then he gets in. I mean, I got goosebumps. I can remember that scene. Oh, and yeah. They're just sitting back there, going, 
you got the gig, you know, and it's like, and that yeah. was, that was, that was, um, God, what was the name of the band in the movie? Oh, uh, um, Steel, Dra- Steel yeah. Dragon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's just such an awesome movie because I'm a huge Ripper Owens fan and that's how Ripper got into Judas Priest basically. Right. And, um, I still right. follow Ripper. Matter of fact, Ripper on Twitter's like, liked a couple comments I made and I'm like, <laughs> I've made it. I've made it. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I mean, Ripper Owens is like, if I could get him on the show, I'd give up a limb. I mean, not yeah. not that not that you're a cupcake, Steve. But, uh, <laughs> Steve Johnston or Ripper Owens? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll take funny. I'll take Steve O. Um, but no, it's it, that was kind of my indoctrination indoctrination to music was through you and Scott. Sure, and you know, I I got to bring home like Metal Church the first time. You know, it's like. Yeah. Oh my! Matter of fact, on my wall back here, you can see I got that's a Metal Church signed oh. lobby card, Steve, at Gabe's in Iowa City. I, I, I. It's my mm-hmm. podcast. I can say what I want, but I shit you not. Um, I, I, Gabe's. They were playing on the way to Chicago to release their album. Uh, I think it's called Ten. I'm not sure, but um, and they stopped at Gabe's. And yeah. I told Brock, this is like three years ago. And I told Brock, I go, oh, really? cool. I go, hey, I go, yeah. And they got um, Mike Howe back now, um, and uh, the lead singer, and uh, not the original one because he died. He died. Um, but anyway, so I go to Gabe's, and there's like 200 people, and I'm like, you're kidding me, because none of the college kids knew who Metal Church Isn't was, you know. And I'm like, oh my god. So we got, we were like 10 feet from Metal That's Church awesome. for yeah. two hours, and I'm like. Again, I take me. I'm I'm ready to go. This is yeah. this is this is my this is like a private birthday party with Metal Church and Mike Howe's right. up there singing Beyond the Black and right. it's well, like you know yeah. the dark and it's like oh my this is just unbelievable. And then uh, that next year, then I went and saw Judas Priest with Brock in Milwaukee and Hoffer just looked awesome and sounded great. Yeah. And um, then I saw uh, Iron Maiden in Chicago. You know, Bruce Dickinson is... What a year. <laughs> yeah, well, it gets better. I saw King Diamond then in Minneapolis. And you had the... And I, you know, merciful, I, I'm a massive King Diamond fan. And so I I thought, well, King, you know, he's that... I don't know what you call the hell his voice does, but there's yeah. a term for it. It's insane. I go, he, there's no way he can still be singing that, you know, at this age. And oh my, Steve, King Diamond yeah. was... He was unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Because a lot of those guys haven't held up as well, but some of them sure have, boy. Halford, same way. He still sounds incredible. Bruce. Yeah, I, I think incredible. a lot of those guys, you know, gave up the wildlife. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, in their, maybe in their happen. 30s or 40s. And, you, you know, I know I know Dickinson doesn't drink. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think a lot of these guys realize that, hey, if I, you know, if I want to make yeah. this a really big deal, I need to take care of myself better. Absolutely. Um, so what's yeah. what's um what's the greatest concert you've ever seen? Oh, I mean <clears throat> that would be impossible. You know, I mean if if I had to narrow it down to five, I mean I could joke and say that four of them are Rush, but uh, <laughs> well, you only uh, saw Rush what nineteen times? Nineteen, yeah. <laughs> so one of those would certainly be in there. Uh, Queen with Freddie. Oh my. Ah, that Possibly top. I uh, saw you. I saw you have the the ticket you posted mm-hmm, on Facebook. I think Tim Looney and Bill Supel and Chris Van Dyne. Oh my! I think, God, at uh, Des Moines, at Veterans in Des Moines. Freddie, that, yeah, it was that'd be the best ever. I don't know what'd be any better yeah, than that. Yeah, 
uh, saw the stones at Bush Stadium, but we were clear up so far that they could have been imposters, and I wouldn't have known. They were so far away. Um, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of amazing things like uh, Alan Holdsworth live at the Crow's Nest was probably with Scott. You remember the Crow's Nest in Iowa City? Yeah, yeah. A little bar. Yep. He came yep. through from England. the greatest guitar player arguably ever to walk the face of the earth. And he came mm -hmm. into the crow's nest and Scott and I went and same kind of deal. There was eight people in there. It's so funny you mentioned that because oh my gosh. when you talk to non-musicians like me yeah. and you say the greatest guitarists, you know, we shoot off names and you, I, like I used to be, we used to go up, well, we still do go up to our fishing trip every year, our F sure. FLA trip. And I always say, what's the greatest guitarist, Steve? And you, you'd name like four guys I never heard of. Right. You know, and Holdsworth, and who are the other guys you say that are the Eric Mount Johnson Rushmore? And, yeah, know, Eric that, Johnson. You know, the the problem with that guitar is that it's not a competition, so there is no clear winner. Right. You know, like if somebody says who's the greatest basketball player, you know, they're going to say X or you know just one or two people, yeah, or, or something like that. But with guitar, it's very subjective, and so most of the the truly greatest, most freakish players are not known because their stuff is pretty inaccessible. You know, like when, when most of my, you know, people I know listen to Holdsworth, they say it just kind of sounds like noise. Hmm. You know, because it's very what they call atonal and uh, just weird. Unless you're hmm. a guitar nerd and then it's amazing is the best way I could put it. What would you say is the best attribute? I mean, if you're a young person, what, what's the number one thing to have as a guitarist, you know, uh, for a, for a, the, someone young thinking about coming into guitar? What would be the number one thing to have? Well, I mean, you know, I, you know, I would say it, it's probably good to listen to guitar music. Um, but even if you didn't, if you, if you had enough natural ability and you, just picked up the guitar, you'd figure it out pretty quick. You know, I, I have some students that uh, have in lots of natural ability and no motivation to yeah. get good and actually sit down and practice something 500 times, literally 500 times. And I have other ones that have very little natural ability, but sit and practice it 500 times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's, you know, I mean, it, I would say the most important thing is just the the real fire to be good at it because it's hard. It's hard to play. It's kind of hard to play. Now you were self-taught, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I had uh, one teacher, the first teacher I had ever at West Music when I was about 14, Marty Jorgensen. Jeez, I still remember, still remember. But he was a college student at Iowa, and he knew just about, he was about a week ahead of me. <laughs> and so and it you was- You passed him quickly, I would assume. It was hysterical. Well, I, I came in one time and I wanted to know how he played this solo in Hot Legs by Rod, or something, some song that was out. It couldn't have been that because it wasn't out then. But anyway, he, uh, he goes, oh, I, I have no idea how he's doing that. So I went home and figured it out. And I came back the next week and he was like writing something down and I played it. And he goes, wait, what was that? And I go, oh, that's that one solo from last week. And he goes, show that to me. So I showed oh it to him. And we got in the car and dad said, so what'd you guys do today? And I said, oh, I showed him this all over him. So 
So we went to this other store and signed up with another another teacher named Elias Petru. Somehow I remember his name too. And he could actually play pretty good. Took from him for maybe about a year. Uh, uh, my first teacher actually was Bob Stodola. He taught me like a few classical things. I only took maybe about four lessons from him. And that was all I took. I took maybe for about a year and a half, two years, hmm. probably. And then after that, I was just, you know, anything I get my hands on, I was learning. What's your favorite was, style? Of, what's your favorite style of playing? My favorite style of playing is rock, uh, classic rock. Hmm. You know, uh, that, you know, that kind of stuff and anything from, you know, Deep Purple to Cream to uh, ZZ Top and Aerosmith, uh, on and on, you know, everything, Boston, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, you know, uh, so that's um, my favorite. I know we didn't rehearse this, but are you going to be able to play Eruption uh, at some point? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I could sort of, uh, I could sort of hack away at it because yeah. this isn't live, so we can we can stop it, and oh, you can get, okay. and you can get all <laughs> set up. You can get set up, but I, I have to have you play that, man. Oh no, I got my amp sitting right here. So. I'm, I'm I sleep with your amp, Steve. Huh? <laughs> you carry your, you carry your amp everywhere you go. Um, um, no, I, I definitely, I definitely, at some point towards the end, I want to have you play it. So okay. Um, but you know, yeah, the, the that would you know. In other words, I have a lot of students that have tremendous ear, you know, yeah. and natural ability, but they don't really have the motivation or the fire to really get good at guitar. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I show them the beginning to Spirit of Radio or something, they'll play it a couple times and they say oh, that's pretty hard, and then they'll start doing something else. And then the next week, I'll say, "Hey, did you ever go over that?" No, not really. And you know, so. And it's just kind of, uh, you know, it's my job to teach them that that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. You know, you do need to practice it 500 times. And, but then after that, it's up to you. You know, I can't practice it for you. But I can show you how what you need yeah. to do, and I can show you how to do it. Yeah. And you have to take it home and do what you will with it and try, you know, if you want to get really good at it, then you know, you know what to do, you know, uh, so, and then I have other kids that, you know, like I said, don't have a lot of natural ability, but work so hard at it. And, you know, I'll think, ah, they're really not going to be able to play. I don't think as well as they want to. And then 10 years later, I'll see them on Facebook or they'll contact me and they still playing all the time, playing in band, it, you know, have these bands with all these great pictures and memories of all these bands they played in and stuff. And, you know, they'll thank me so much and, you know, I still play all the time and sorry, I was such a horrible student and, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I was, you know, I'll tell them, no, you weren't at all. You know, uh, I don't, I never think that about any, any of my students. It's funny you know, thing when I, was young, when I was 19, 18 teaching, I used to not like it. I used to think, oh, what am I doing in here? I'm supposed to be out touring around and right. playing instead of sitting in this little room teaching this kid E chords. I used to hate it. Now, and then later after I've done it and I've seen kids come back, I've had kids come back 20 years later and start to and pick back up again with families. Mm -hmm. I've had kids, that, a lot of kids that play in bands. Uh, 
and you know just really still thank me 25 30 years later you know i really was hoping that seth would take up guitar seriously because he was talented yeah i remember you i remember you one time telling me because i mean one of my regrets with him was i didn't get him down to take lessons with you i never we never got that far but yeah too bad i didn't have like this this kind of setup we could have done it oh i know because he was so freaking good he would sit in there with his we bought him a white guitar and he would his tongue would be out you know mm -hmm. like a lot of people into their stuff they don't realize mm -hmm. their facial expressions are just grunting and, yeah. and he'd be in there playing never took any lessons what i don't i don't remember him any taking any lessons but he was i showed him uh, like three or four metallica songs and and he could play them right away yeah i was yeah. hoping he would i would really hoping he would take that as a distraction but that was about the age when he started getting into his drugs and alcohol and everything and yeah unfortunately sold his amp and his guitar for drugs so you know that was the end of his music career but um yeah again i think that would have been a nice healthy distraction from whatever stress he was going through to kind of let him down those roads but that's one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on one of many yeah. was the therapeutic element of music steve yeah i honestly tell you my darkest moments after seth died I uh, see music got me out of it, you know, and, you know, recently someone I've really, really, really been drawn to. And you know this because I talked to you about this at our fishing trip was Devin Townsend, BT, man. Yeah. And he's got a podcast out now and I've listened to his podcast. I mean, talk about a real cerebral, deep thinker that's been through a lot of crap. I mean, Devin's been suicidal ideation. He's been institutionalized for a little bit for some mental yeah. health issues he's been medicated and he is just a freaking savant i mean yeah and, and i'd never heard of him i'd never heard of him until about two years ago yeah. and i think i saw the devin townsend project on liquid metal okay. on on uh on um whatever it's called xm radio yeah. and so i got on my computer and i looked and devin townsend who is this dude then i found strapping young lads was his heavy metal band or that, and i yeah. saw the picture of him you know with his what they call it the skullet he was bald yep. with his long hair yep. and now yeah. then he now he's bald and he's just i mean he's a he's a freaking rock star man i love the guy as a matter oh. of fact he's another guy on twitter that is i've made comments and stuff and he's actually i know i saw i know that. i That's... sent you a picture I, yep. I, I and he is so just cerebral i mean his podcast is off he the is. charts it's awesome you know, um, he uh back then in the strapping young lad was way more thrash Oh yeah, there's yeah. a video on YouTube, old, of him in that band playing at Pops, which is mm. where I used to play, countless hundreds of times in St. Louis yeah. venue, and with Kevin and I mean we played there just hundreds and hundreds of times. But there's a video of him playing. I have to send it to you. It's pretty amazing. Do you know where and he that, got? You know where he got kind of latched onto for his fame? Well, Steve Vai. Yeah, Steve Vai. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Singer. Uh, in the yeah. Steve Vai project for a couple of years, and he was just off the hook, crazy, you know. Well, he was you, on drugs heavily, and he was drinking. And some of those old YouTube or MTV videos, you know, Steve Vai sitting there in the chair and Devin Townsend <laughs> leaping around in a bikini underwear off the chairs. <laughs> yeah, just crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so, no, he's... But he is not only one of the most incredible singers I've ever heard, but a great writer, great producer, uh, great guitar player, outstanding guitar player, just brilliant talent. And he he's such a, like you said, so cerebral. 
that he scrapped that entire Devin Townsend project just on just like that and just said I'm moving on. I mean, you should you should listen to his podcast. What he does is he goes through each album. It's like 14 hours. Each each album is an hour. And he goes through progressively how he started each album. And and he, I think his podcast is still live, although he doesn't have an album out. But he does have this project called The Puzzle. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Uh-huh. But it's 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 a combination. I think he's even got a like a movie with it, um, like a cartoon thing with it. He's you know, he's yeah. he's he keeps ratcheting up stopped. his yeah. he never stops. And I, I just I don't know, he's one guy I've just at my stage in my life got attracted to just it, yeah. His music is great, but I just like his thinking. You know, his his podcasts yeah. are very, and we're on a lot of the similar thoughts about um, the big picture in life and why we're here and things like that. Um, well, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Rush and the influence that Rush had on your life. And I have to tell you a funny story because Roman is the talented one in my family. Um, you know, he's in he the is, show but, show well, choir, he's and he's got he writes and he okay. sings, and he's just very very good. Uh, He's not, he's not good at one thing. He's good at a lot of things. And yep. he never liked Rush. And I kept telling him, I said, dude, you know, because he's really into Creedence Clearwater Revival and, and you know, all the bands in the 70s and Rolling Stones and Def Leppard and That's The true. Who. Yeah. And, but he just he never liked Rush. And I said, Roman, you have to get into Rush. I go, the one person in my life that knows music more than anybody else is my brother Steve. And, and he's, he, Rush is the one band you know, that, that, that is sets above everybody else. And I know that's true with you and, yeah. and same with Scott and Roman now loves Rush. We watched the Netflix documentary and I think I texted you that night cause I'd never seen it. And it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was unbelievable. You know, yeah. Getty and I didn't know Getty and Neil went to the same ed- elementary school yeah, and, and their first gig was like at a basement in a church, like church that's ladies. <laughs> it's just oh, it's, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It is and then when Neil Pert when Neil Pert tried out for him, he was working in his me- mechanic shop with his dad, right. like doing auto parts. Yeah. And and they and they heard about Neil playing in this local band, and they called him in to try out. And yeah. and then Getty says in his thing, we looked at Neil and thought, shit, this guy needs to go work on cars. He's not a drummer. And then like you in his audition, they said, that's it, we're done. This this guy's a freaking savant. Yeah. And. He right. is again. I'm sure you you would agree the greatest drummer ever to walk the planet. Well, yeah. As far as you know, uh, I mean, there's guys you know that are arguably better drummers yeah. than Neil, but there are none that I like better than Neil. So that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, me. that's a good answer. He's my favorite. You know, and I didn't there's know guys. Steve. Have you read this? Well, no. You know, I have not. I know about it. But I have not read awesome. it. Yet. Really awesome. Really awesome. I never knew how kind of like Devin Townsend, how Renaissance man he was and how, how many things Neil did that no one knows about. I didn't know he was a published numerous books and was yep. a, a, a bestseller. Yep. And Ghost Ghostwriter is just an absolutely phenomenal story. And I didn't know he lost his daughter at I think nineteen in a car accident. Yep. And then his wife died of cancer like two or three years later. And I didn't know that. I think it was the Testa Echoes tour. Um, mm-hmm. Is that is yeah. that name of one of their bands uh, or one of their Echo. albums? Um, what's it called? Test for Echo. Yeah, I think that's when Neil said, "I need to get out of here." And he got on his BMW motorcycle yep. and he drove he drove fifty five thousand miles. 
I think it took a year. And then that's where this book comes from is his basically his journey of just, you know, I've lost my daughter. I've lost my wife. What can I do so I don't join them? I, I want to join them eventually, but not now, you know? Yeah. What did he have to do to stay alive? And the book is just an unbelievable story about his people he meets on his journey. And, you know, at times it gets deep and yeah. at times it's funny, but what a great man he was. I mean, and people oh, don't yeah. realize that. They just think of him as a drummer. No, just a very, very kind, intelligent guy, you know. I mean, and he wrote all their lyrics, right? Oh, he wrote everything, all the lyrics and everything. And, and they're, you know, to me, other than maybe Bernie Taupin, you know, with Elton, you know, the greatest ever in rock to me. You know, now other people would come up with lots of other alternatives. You're talking that. writing now? Yeah, lyrics. Yeah, lyrics. Yeah, I mean, Neil's lyrics are just, you know, I mean, there's 20-some, over 20 albums and, and every, every, I mean, gosh, I couldn't even possibly start and how great they are. You know, same with Bernie Taupin with Elton. You know, his their lyrics are just absolutely, incredibly great. But uh, Neil, you know, it's so funny because, I mean, Tim and I and, you know, we, when we would go see them, whenever they would come anywhere in Iowa, we would go. And we would wait around in back of the auditoriums. And when they would, we'd wait and until they'd come out. And we were always in front of the line at, before. So we would talk to like their road manager and stuff. So I knew Alex's real last name. Hmm. I knew it was Janovich because Hearns told me, their lighting director told me. He goes, don't oh, ever. Wow. And so we're standing out back. And of course they come out and they're going to their motor home. And people are going, Alex Getty, Alex Getty. And they're walking, walking. I go, they're Janovich. <laughs> and he looks at me and he walks over to me and Tim and hey you know and kind of awkward weird you know and like are you going to kill me now or and so then they get on their motor home and so we would just get in Tim's car and we would follow them out on the interstate oh, for an hour on I-80 until they stopped like in the quad cities or something and go to a quick trip and we would sit in the car Pretty soon out would come open the door and out would come Neil in his little blue shorts and out would come Alex and Getty and Hearns and they'll go into the quick trip. Tim crawled out the back window or the side windows and run in the quick trip and get a coke or something. They would just laugh at us. All we could ever say to him was, You guys are so great. You guys are so great. And so after like about eight times, I never forget Tim and I walk up to Getty and he's like looking in like the Gatorade or in the stuff and he goes, Let me guess, we're so great. It reminds me of Wayne's world, Wayne's world. Like you guys oh, yeah. are Garth, Garth and Wayne's world. You guys don't oh, even know what to say. Oh, you know? no. How many times did you see Rush? 19? About 19. And you know, one time we're at the Five Seasons Center. Tim, his brother Pete and I were standing in line, right at the front of the line. And Pete taps us on the shoulder and he goes, look out front. We look out there and Neil is standing out there. And he's like looking around and he can't get in because he doesn't have his badge. Oh my, no he way. Here's around the corner. So we told the guy, hey, we'll be back. So the three of us run out. We leave our place at the front of the line and we go out to the arena and we see him like disappearing around the corner of the five season center. So we run over there and we get over there and we see him disappearing around the back. So we go all the way around to the back where the trucks are and he's kicking on the doors and he can't get in. And you can hear Alex and Getty in there playing like closer to the heart or something. No way. On the doors, and we come up to him. This you won't even believe this. 
guess what Tim says. Uh, I love you guys. You guys are so great. <laughs> and I go, Tim, I go, okay. You guys are so great. You, he needs to get in. He's not, the, he worst, the worst thing you could possibly say. He did not want to talk to us at right. all. Right. And so we said, if you come around to the front, we will get you in. So you said, you told Neil, we'll get you in the Rush concert. Tim yeah. and Bill Supel, I think, was with us. The attorney and I was sitting now. And so we, or no, he's in Cedar Rapids. He's in Cedar Rapids now. Sorry. Okay. We walk around to the front with Neil, like trudging behind us angrily. And we come around to the front. And as soon as we come around the front, everybody just loses it. And he walks in and we walk in with him and we go, this is the drummer for the band that's in there. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't have his badge. And there's like 500 people going, Neil, Neil, oh my God, Neil, like going crazy. And he's like standing like this. So the guy goes, finally, somebody let him through and he walked through and he went, thanks. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. Uh -huh. Do you yeah, have any other stories? Do you have other stories? With, uh, well, let me ask you a question. What's your favorite Rush album? Have to pick one. You can't say, uh, well, there's two. There's too many, Jeff. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I have mine. Farewell to Kings. Farewell to Kings. I would say Caress of Steel because that's the first one. Hemispheres for me. Yeah, that's a, that's a great. That would be right there too. Best song, best song they've ever done. Mine, mine's easy, easy. Lavia, <laughs> man, Lavia. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not even. It's not even. There's that song, and then there's every other Rush song. For me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just a sick song. Yeah, I would say Xanadu for me. Hmm. Uh, just as far as like, if I had to sit, if I had to sit somebody down with a pair of headphones and say, here's Rush, that's the one I would play. Although La Via would be right there, you know? And like I said, I remember the first night, Tim Looney and I driving around Solon, looking for something to do, listening to KRNA and on, on comes this classical guitar. And we're like driving around going, what's this? And we turn it up and we hear the little thing. And then all of a sudden we hear the little thing going and wow, this Drums are pretty cool. Sounds kind of like Neil, but it couldn't be. You know, and then it starts going, and all of a sudden it comes in, and we're like, you know, because we didn't know that, you know, that the new Rush was out. Oh, my God. Like, I vividly remember the first time I heard Livia. So I'm sure Tim does, too, you know. Yeah, that's insane. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, I have a little thing here now, but yeah. I had a couple I had a couple things I wanted to ask you. Um, so I did write down some questions for you and I'm going to put you on the spot here. So okay. in your opinion, the best rock guitarist, Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen, Angus Young, Slash, or, or Alex? Out of that group. <laughs> oh. oh, best or my favorite? I don't, uh, you well, pick. okay, yeah, I'm sorry. So read them again. Hendrix? Jimmy, yeah, Hendrix, Eddie, Agnes, Slash, and Alex. Pick one. Pick one. You don't have to justify it. Just pick one. Angus. Okay. 
Best metal band. Judas, Maiden, Metallica, or Slayer? Judas. Thank you. Best rock band. ACDC, Rush, Queen, Zeppelin, or Beatles? ACDC. Wow. Best drummer, Neil. Best bassist. John Entwistle. Is that how you pronounce that? The who? The Ox. Yes. Flea, Getty, or Les Claypool? Getty. Wow. I thought Les would win that. Is, is Getty really regarded as that great a bassist? You ask me. Okay, well, I know. Okay. Um, last one. Best rock singer. Elton? Halford. Elton? No, that's metal. Halford's okay. metal. You All think right. Halford's the best out of Dickinson right. and those guys? Proceed. Elton, Freddie, Elvis, Steven, Tyler, or Ozzy? Read them one more time. Freddie, Elvis, Elton, Steven, Tyler, or Ozzy? Of those, the best singer? Yeah. I thank you. That's what I would agree. All right. So as as we're going to go into the uh, wrap up oh, of you're this, you're going to ask the metal singers. But okay, already... best no best metal singer. You got uh, King, Rob Halford, Dickinson, yeah. and hmm, right like Dio. You know, yeah. Well, there you go, Ronnie James Dio. Uh, God, forgot about him. So yeah. you got those four who the best metal singer. Well, my favorite is Halford. Okay. I mean, to me, you know, I mean, Bruce is amazing, amazing. Right. But to me, Halford is just the epitome. Hmm. I mean, I'll just, I'll never forget, you know, seeing them, you know, way back. That is prime. Know, and, oh, my gosh. And, you know, just, uh, yeah. And, you know, just so effortless. You know, he doesn't put out a lot of, he doesn't try too hard. I mean, he's yeah. just Halford. Yeah. Well, I would agree. He's. He's kind of the, you know, he's the metal god. That's what oh, yeah. he is. Yes. And that's, yeah, my favorite priest song, too, probably, yeah. Metal god, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I, I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I could do this all night, man. Oh, Matter of fact, uh, on our, our trip up Minnesota, we sit by the campfire, we play Stump the Steve. Mm-hmm. We just all randomly think of songs, and Steve just starts just ripping them right away. So, uh a couple months ago, I posted your, and you didn't even know this was going to happen, but you sent me something where you did uh, Eruption by Eddie Van Halen. And I think it was, was it right when Eddie had died? Was it a tribute yeah, to Eddie? I think so. Sort of. Um, yeah. I I'm think trying so. to remember what the motivation was, why you picked it at that time. I think, yeah, it was Eddie I, think had... I think maybe that's what it was. And, and uh, I don't even remember who, I think I sent it to dad. Yeah. I think I just sent it to dad one night. And no you had no intention of no, me putting no, it on social no. media. <laughs> no, and the next thing I know, yeah. And my, yeah. I put it on social media. It was just blowing up. You know, who is it? That's my brother. Yeah, whatever. He's he's not really playing that. Yes, he is. You know, yeah. and um, but man, when you watch Eddie play this song, and there's a there's a video. I don't know what year it was. It was late '70s or something, and it was like a. He was like the equivalent of a guitar solo, but it wasn't just, he did a big lead in into that. Oh yeah. And and oh my, I mean, I'm like, that in itself was just as good as the beginning of Eruption, just the the lead in. Well, and what you have to understand is that Eruption itself 
was not planned out. I mean, the oh. second part probably was, but the first part is all just him just, he was just noodling around and the record, the guy happened to, re, you know, record it. Huh. I didn't know that. Uh, you know, yeah. The first part is all just, like I said, the same way he does live, you know, he, the next night, if you went and saw him, it would be different yet. Hmm. I should have put Van Halen on my list. Duh. Um, how many times do you see Van Halen? Oh, well, just uh, twice, I think. And actually, it's funny because the first time is when it just came out. And I literally almost quit music. <laughs> I remember I was you telling setting, me this. I was setting up with Tim Looney and the guys in Voyager at the Moody Blue in Iowa City. And it came over the speakers. Eruption and you really got me. And I set my stuff down and I went and I sat in a booth. <laughs> and I just sat in the, I was just completely shell shocked. I mean, for real, you know, I had no, I, I was like, well, everything you've done to this point is moot. And him and the guys came over, what's the matter, man? What happened? I go, don't you hear that? It's over. It's over. Just, why? Why do this anymore? It's a yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> But then I remember, gosh, I used dad got me when I had my car, my old duster. He got me these nice wood grain speakers and I, and he had, he put them in the back for me and he installed this cassette player and I would sit out in the driveway and dad would sit out in the car with me and oh, we wow. would interruption and just turn it way up and he would just sit there and he would just go, that, that is just amazing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember. You know, this was back yeah, in. Car with me. Listen to that stuff. High school, I would tell my friends, "Mom, my brother's a pretty good guitarist." So they're like, "Yeah." And then they'd come over to play basketball or something, and they'd see you play, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, your brother yeah. is a good guitarist. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so so before you get into your eruption here, sure. um, what are you doing right now? I know, but the listeners don't know. What What are you doing right now for for? Oh, your, okay, your, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk about talk about uh, Dogs of Society. Mm -hmm. Dogs of Society is the Elton John tribute band. That's an amazing group. Um, we've had an amazing seven year run, uh, and it's gotten better every year until, of course, last year it, it you know nosedived like everything mm -hmm. else on the planet. But I mean, we were playing you know big at, at times big arenas of you know, 5,000 people where we'd walk out in both bowls of the family arena in St. Louis are full. That's and, you know, awesome. I told, I turned to our bass player, Kurt, and I said, you, they do know we're not Elton John, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, but in, in all kinds of traveling and we just played down in Austin, Tech, outside of Austin, Texas uh, in March. And so we're gearing up for another good year, but that's a great band. Uh, we played in Marion two years ago. I know it was awesome. Yeah, and awesome. we will be back again next spring in, okay. in next June. So if people uh, want to find you and your tour information, they can just go to Dogs of Society, right? Yeah, for that band, yeah. Facebook is just as good as anything. What's your uh, other band? Well, I'm doing a, that, that, that same group of people also has a Billy Joel tribute that oh. does very well also. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's real good. And uh, we haven't... We don't have as many shows as in our under our belt as the dogs do, mm -hmm. uh, and then also have been playing in a cover band here in St. Louis. That's a, a rock band called Paint the Earth for a long time, right? And you actually have seen Paint the Earth. I have. I've record. seen them twice. Yeah. 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 Good. Good uh, stuff. You know, just classic rock, fun, great guys, and you know, at this point, 
it's more important to me to play with friends. Oh, yeah. And I've filtered it down now to a group of people that I like to play with and want to play with and that want me there. Right. And that I we get along. There's no drama. And we are all, you know, everybody has been playing for a long time. And we all know what we're doing. And that's the way I like to keep it now. And so, uh, and then I've played with a guy named Charles Glenn a lot who kind of got famous singing for the St. Louis Blues National Anthem the year they won oh, the really? up. Yeah, I played with him a lot. Great singer, amazing guy. Roman's coming in here, and I, we're just setting up to have you play Eruption. So, so I was telling Steve about Rush trying to I'm trying to brainwash it into Rush. You know, well, no, there's no brainwashing. It's just great music. You know, see the thing, the great. You know, here's the shame: is that back when this stuff came out, the record, the album would come out. You'd go get the album. You had not heard it yet. Right. You'd go get the album. You'd sit down, you'd open it up. Oh, all yeah. The are there. Right. And you'd put the album on, and there would be the first song, and you'd sit there and you'd look at all the, while you're looking at the artwork, you'd be reading Neil's incredible lyrics. Yep. And it's so much more. I mean, there's, you know, now a lot of my students can't make it through more than a minute of anything. Isn't that true? For real. I mean, yep. no matter what it is, after about a verse and a chorus, they're out. Yeah, and that's that's anything, Steve. They can't watch movies. They can't. They yeah. they have to have their cell phone in one hand, their computer in their lap, and they can watch Netflix. And yeah. and, and there's and there's is available at like if a video gets boring, boom, on to another. And right. so you know, and you know, it was a lot different. You know, when I was a kid, you'd put on the the headphones and you'd sit there with the album and you'd listen to it two or three times. Oh, I know. You actually had an appreciation oh, wow. and you, the lyrics, you yeah. got to read them all. And it was, yeah. it was Neil's awesome. lyrics are, you know, just like Bernie Toppins are yeah. the best. You right. know, I think Bernie Toppins are just incredible lyrics. I'll have to check you him know, out. Right. I'm not, I'm not familiar with him, but. That's um, Elton John's lyricist. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I assumed you knew who he was, but yeah. Well. No, he wrote all, no. he wrote all the, you know, Rocket Man, every lyric of every Elton song. Wow. I didn't know that. No, he that. would bring him in the lyrics and he would give them to Elton and Elton would sit down and just bang out a song. Did I tell you I bought tickets for Christmas yes. uh, to go see Elton? Elton, I got yeah. four tickets in Des Moines. It, it's actually 2022. I just hope he lives that long. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. He should. <laughs> well, he should. You know, what's funny is I, I told, I showed Christy your post, you know, you guys having the yeah. you know, tickets and stuff. So she goes upstairs, she's up there for about a half hour, and she comes down and she goes, so here's where we're going to be sitting. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? You mean for the for the live, when they play it in our living room? She goes, no. <laughs> so we have yeah. two tickets. Oh, you did for the Des Moines one too? No, it's for St. Louis. Oh, okay. I mean, you tour. have to. You have yeah. to, man. I mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know, it's going to be great. Well, and you know, another bucket list for me last two summers ago was seeing The Who. Yeah, are they that still was, playing? That was very emotional for me because they were probably one of my top three influences of all. How many Russian. original How many original members are still in the band? Well, it was three. I mean, two. It was uh, Pete and Roger. Wow. You know, John Entwistle's yeah. dead, and they had a great bass player, and then they had and Ringo the Starr's. Zach Starkey playing drums, Ringo's son. I didn't know that. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, out. we saw Ring. We we saw Ringo Star All Star Band. That was oh, awesome. Yeah. They had yeah, um. They had uh, Colin Hay. Colin Hay was there. Santana's like um, keyboardist. Toto's lead singer, and they had the who was the really good guitarist. I, I sent you his name. Um, God, what not, band not, was he in? Not, he was really he's a legendary guitarist. Oh, Steve Lucas. Lucas yeah, 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 yeah. And who did he play with? Toto. Okay, done. Toto. Boy, he was, that, yeah. I mean, that was awesome. That was awesome. You know. Yeah. It is cool yeah, to he, catch these. These older bands and stuff, you know. Oh, well, I tell you, it was very, very emotional for me. I mean, I cried at many points during that concert. And Christy was like, what does it matter with you? You know, I'm just like, don't you hear that? He wrote that. Wow. You know, and I was weeping, you know, listening to parts of Tommy and stuff like Pinball that. Pinball Wizard. <laughs> well, not even, just the the... That too. I mean, but a lot of the other stuff that's just so to me is is just the epitome of songwriting. But you mentioned uh, crying and stuff. It's like I, I got a little distracted with my ADD, which happens frequently. But we take the dog with you. Thank Roman. Um, but um, so uh, when after Seth died, how music kind of really saved me. And there's yeah. times there's times when I needed to crank, you know, Run to the Hills or Number of the Beast or you know, turbo lover or whatever, and get yeah. me, and then there's times I needed something more dramatic, like, you know, Kingdom from Devin Townsend, or, right. you know, some song that just literally you have to just, you start crying. And if anyone saw you crying and you said, I'm crying to Judas Priest, they'd say, well, you're insane, you know, but it's like the music saves your soul sometimes when you're the yeah. lowest point in your life, putting on music is the best drug. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, th yeah. There's no question that it it can uh, it can kind of uh, reach you at a level that you're not really prepared for. Yeah, and you can't find it anywhere else. No, and you can't you know? control it either. You know, it you're just kind of swept up in the music, and you're not really sure always why. You know. And sometimes it's a singer, you know, like Freddie or Elton. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. sometimes it's a, a drummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or it's the lyrics or right. it's just the, the chorus yeah. or, you know, or it's the story behind the lead singer or the bassist, right. like, like, right. like, like, like Primus. Exactly. Ah, talk about a freakish Les Claypool. It's like, I didn't know anything about Primus until like seven years ago. You know, I, I heard of, you know, My Name is Mud and stuff, but I didn't. I didn't get into Primus the band until later. And then they came to Cedar Rapids here and played at the McGrath Amphitheater. And oh my God, I started listening to them more. They're so good. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. That's another one that a lot of people don't really identify with. You know, Primus the music is so different, you know. Well, bizarre, I guess, some some of their stuff, but uh Yeah. Okay, I well, I think everyone's waiting to hear your rendition of Eruption by Eddie Van Halen. So yeah, I will well. just, I will sit back and watch you stumble through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This song. Do you need any pointers? Do you want any pointers, Steve? Like what? keep your, your elbow. Knees you're locked. The, yeah. Your knees, your knees need to be locked. So get your knees yeah. bent in. And then yeah. that, that left elbow, get it, you know, Going this angle, like a. Okay. It's difficult to do, but yeah, get it up higher. Yeah, a little higher. Okay. And then your left, 
Your left wrist, you kind of pull it out a little further from the guitar. No, the other wrist. Oh. The other left. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now that's how you should do it. That's perfect form. That's really good. Huh. That's crazy. It, it works. It, it does work. I, re I read it somewhere on, on uh, I saw it on YouTube. All these years, I, I've never stumbled across that. Well, that's how you give advice to Ian's golf. So I've seen you do that many times. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I really wish I could get up there and play the tournament. I just I, the one time that we're the Billy Joel things got a gig on the fifteenth. It's uh, an odd year. I mean, with with COVID, we're just well, happy to know, be doing anything. It's literally the only show almost that I have the whole month of May, and it's that yeah. one weekend. Well, you know, career or family, Steve. What's more important? <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. All right, let's hear it. All right, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> You missed a D chord, I think, or a... Yeah, it was the D in bar 31. 32, or was it 31? Yeah. Yeah, 31. Towards the end, it was off. We may be able to fix that through okay. editing, so it's okay. Not bad. How long did it take you to learn that? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I never learned it. I never learned it. Never once sat down and actually learned the whole thing, ever, for 40 years. 
I just always would just wing it. Hmm. Always. And I would, at some point I would go into this thing, you know, that thing. But other than that, never until about uh, when he died. And I had to do a tribute concert thing down at BB's club in St. Louis, a Van Halen tribute at the end. So I had to play it. They wanted me to play it. So I had to actually sit down and actually learn it. Yeah, because I'm sure the the people that follow that are probably listening yeah. for one mistake. You know, one right. one right. thing you do differently, like unique to you, you know. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. I Again, we didn't plan for that, so I'm not sure how good the uh, playback audio will be. Obviously, it's not going to be like in your recording studio, but... Uh, well, no, of course not. So, but, yeah. do you have any... Do you have any, I know you give lessons on uh, on the internet on, is it mostly bluegrass or what, what, you do all types oh, no. of lessons? No, no. In fact, I don't, <laughs> I Maybe you don't do it anymore. I don't do any live bluegrass lessons ever. The ones that I did were online through onlinelessonsvideo.com, onlinelessonvideos.com. And there's, if you YouTube my name, type in YouTube, Steve Johnston guitar, there's a, about 50 bluegrass and, and acoustic, not just bluegrass, but acoustic lessons that come on. But hmm. all of my lessons that I do currently live are just, you know, anything from, you know, any any style of music that whatever people want to do. It's interesting because you're the last brother to have on. So I had Scott on first and we had a ghost. We had an afterlife show because Scott's right. really big into the ghost hunting. Yeah. Oh, and then Dan it. Dan was on, and he's actually going to be, I think he, he runs in a couple of weeks. We already taped it. And we did yeah. fishing and his, you know, how fishing has been very, uh, a good release for people, you know. Oh. And, and I equate even to Scott's, oh, Scott's passion with, you know, the ghost hunting thing, the paranormal. That's like a release for people. Well, now oh, you absolutely. have music. So you have music now added to the fray. It's like, you know, yeah. it's pretty interesting, the diversity in our family if you look yeah. at just the four brothers and we're just so different yet when it comes to like, you know, humor and pulling pranks yeah. on each other, we're all very oh. twisted that way. The same, exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. you know, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that is one thing. That, and you love fishing too, Steve. You're fishing. Well, that's what I was say is, if I had to pick, right. <laughs> it would be, it would be hard. I'd have to think about it for about two minutes, real hard. I know you can you because, can fish with you know, Dan just as long as he can. Oh my gosh, there's nothing I love any more than fishing and and uh, well, bass fishing, know, right? Yeah, mostly yeah, musky and you know hybrid white bass and stuff like that. But you know, we go all the time, and you know, Dad taught me Dan Dad and Dan taught me everything I know about it. Hmm. You know. You Interesting. Know, dad used to go out all the time, like Bride and the Reservoir, and all of us. You know, gosh, yeah. You, we all used to go up in Minnesota. The four of us would get up at five o'clock in the morning and take a boat. Four of us out in a boat. You and me and Scott and Dan. I know we're going up this year to Minnesota again. Oh wait a minute, you're not going. God, memories. You there's sometimes there's certain memories you can't get back, Steve. What did, oh, did somebody tell me that I wasn't invited? And don't you have a gig or something? I thought you had a concert oh. or something. Oh. Oh. Huh. Well, we'll move yeah. the trip huh. so you can't go, I guess. so. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> you got me well, just bad. Stay away from my son golf tips. And by the way, we do have the clip with you and Kevin at uh, 
blueberry pines. Oh. I think I, I may have to splice that in here at the end, showing the listeners why you made the right decision picking music over golf. Um, oh, and the horrible thing is I'm the one that sent you the clip. Well, that was your first mistake because, you know, I, I now can send it viral <laughs> everywhere. But Yeah, so um, you made the right choice, Steve. Very good choice. But, hey, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, this has been fun and uh, enjoyed it yeah, very it much. Has. And thanks for awesome. sharing um, a little bit about your love for music. And uh, uh, it's nice to talk a little bit about the past a little bit because I, I tend to forget about Voyager and Abraham Rush and um, – you know, I've seen yeah. the pictures. You guys had the big afros, and you, you know, you you look just like you would expect a '70s, you know, hippie oh, rock yeah. star. You know, yeah. And there's a lot of other bands in between that too. But you know, but yeah, no, it's it's been awesome. Been a great. Uh, so you live in Edwardsville, right? I do. Yeah, I mean, we're St. Louis metro area. We're 30 okay. minutes from the Arch. Okay. And you uh, play pretty regularly still down there in in a couple different. Well, areas. yeah. We played, you know, all the time until last year, and now it's things are starting to flow back up again. So, like I said, we're playing May fifteenth uh, with the Elton, with the Billy Joel tribute, and then uh, you know things kick back up. Well, thanks for being on the show, brother. Um, keep living undeterred and uh, and keep jamming. So uh, and work on that solo. It's just I think you can do a little bit better than that. Well, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Final Taps, the best uh, documentary of music oh, ever, wow. by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, <love> that. <laughs> I watched That's... it two weeks ago and I forgot how damn awesome yeah. that movie is. My nickname here in St. Louis <laughs> is Nigel. No way. So most people call me Nige more than Steve. I mean, people Just watching because... this that haven't seen Spinal Tap, once you watch this, go watch yeah. Spinal Tap and you'll see... You know, yeah. that that is just a, and you said there's a, it, it's very true to what that oh, the industry it's, it's was back then. A band movie. And it, yeah, the funny part about it is, I mean, they, they asked Steven Tyler from Aerosmith what he thought about it. And he said, that's not funny at all. <laughs> that's, that's every day. <laughs> oh my, that's awesome. Hey, listen, man. Well, uh, thanks for being on the show and uh, we'll right. talk to you soon, brother. All right. See you, Jeffy. See ya.